Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Gallant View of Angels podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 or hello at hhhmortgages.com You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things surrounding the champions of Scotland, Glasgow Rangers. That will never get old. My name's Colm McDuff and I'm delighted to be joined today by, first of all, Mr Graham Curry. Graham, have you recovered physically, mentally, emotionally since we last spoke? Just, just starting to go over it. I think it's starting to sink in that we are actually the champions now, so yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind week, wasn't it? I know. Every time I every time I think about it, I just I don't know. I, I see like a really nice tweet or a video or whatever, and I get so sold back in there, and then I'm just right back at the start of the frenzy. Ah, it's been fantastic. Um, yeah, I think maybe this podcast will be a wee bit more co- coherent thought. Last week was a bit um, a bit manic thinking about everything, and it was jumping all over the place. But it was really. It was really good to relive it so soon after. And my next guest, Scott Hodge. Thanks for joining us, Scott. This yeah. is your first appearance on the Gallant Few since we were crowned champions. Um, indulge your listeners for a wee minute. Just, uh, I, I don't think we can ever talk too much about this, um, seeing as it's only been eight days since we won it. So, uh, it seems how are you like, It seems like ages ago. I know it's, uh, it's, been, it's been excellent. Um, it's just one of those things. I think we we knew it was going to happen. It was just when it was was going to happen. Especially, well, I, 
I was always very nervous about speaking about you know becoming champions. But um, I, when I really started to believe it and thought I wouldn't slip away was the second old firm, and I just thought to myself, it's going to be, take something extra special from Celtic for them to to be crowned or they're ten in a row or whatever. So the fact that we've been we can we can now see it as you know definitely some our names on the trophy. It's it's tremendous and uh, couldn't be happier. I know. I know what you mean about the signed old firm game. You need to be a special kind of football team to win a game without even getting a shot in target. But that's for another day. So um before we go into the the last match and the upcoming fixtures, um I'm sure most people would have most likely have heard rumours through WhatsApp or Twitter or even messaging or speaking to their friends or family around uh, Walter Smith. Rangers did tweet on Saturday. Rangers Football Club can confirm Walter Smith had an operation on Monday and he is currently recovering in hospital. His family have requested privacy at this time. Graham, uh, I, I don't really know too much what we can say other than our best wishes go out to Walter and his family. There is nothing that be said. Um, Colin, that is it. You respect the wishes of the family, so get well soon, Sir Walter, and that should be it. Scott, it's um, I there's this is something that is as much as I think it is absolutely terrible. But well, it's terrible that somebody would think to like make up a rumor or start spreading rumour stuff like that um, I'm glad the club came out and nipped that in the bud uh, Saturday but you can understand people's frenzy about wanting to get information about this he's he's, he's post-war he's, uh, he has Rangers isn't he? No definitely it matters so much to this to this club um, you know it's, it's, it's totally the, the rumours to, to be honest he is because of the, the success is a a manager, assistant manager, he's going to bring news, and that's why people maybe maybe spread it. And you know, it's it's, it's obviously we wish him the, the a speedy speedy recovery, and we want to see him want them to to see his left fifty five there. So yeah, our best wishes. But you know, all the all the rumours and stuff like that. Like I think Rangers did a really nice job. They they seen the murmurs going about, and they just thought we're going to nip this in the bud, and it was you know a straight to the point statement. Uh, just there. So yeah, no. And again, you need to be like a special, special type of degenerate to even think about starting to just like start spreading rumours or whatever based in false information. But um, you know, speedy recovery, Sir Walter, and you know, for everyone at Gallant View, hope I hope all is well. So moving back on to the football scene um, I'm going to heavily rely on the YouTube voice here because <laughs> um, I, I had the worst link um, uh, oh fuck it, I, I don't know I don't know if anybody important listens to this the worst illegal link ever um, for the Slavia Prague game um, on his goal and oh, it was it, I maybe got about 10 seconds of watching it and then about 40 seconds of buffering. So at one point I was seven minutes behind Radio Clyde. <laughs> well, it's a bad day when you resort to Gordon DL and Mark Wilson for analysis. But Graham, uh, I, this was really a, a game of two halves, wasn't it? Or was it a, ga- was it a game of waiting on Rangers sobering up? What do you think? 
No, I think that's a fair assessment. Just before half time, I would say we started to come out our shell, but Slavia Prague just came right at us uh, right from the start. Um, pressure they put on us was incredible. I don't think there's, um, we won't put it down to hangovers or anything like that. I think we'll put it down to Slavia Prague's pressing game. They were absolutely all over us right from the start. Didn't give us a minute, did not give us a minute in the ball. Um, and forced quite a lot of errors from us and that probably affected our confidence as well because anything we did try to get a pass or play it out we just couldn't we just couldn't get out at all they were just swarming us um, I think they made a conscious effort to tackle uh, to target Patterson at right back so I think they must have realised that he was maybe inexperienced and thought he was one to get at um, but he stood up to that he stood up to that test the full night. It was, uh, it was the goal that they scored very early, I think maybe six minutes. They scored from a ball going into the right-back position, but you couldn't fault Patterson. I think it was actually Hadji maybe that we should have been chasing back. Somebody should have been there anyway. Um, Patterson done his job well, held it up, and then the ball got played back. And that finish... Sometimes you put your hands up and just say, nothing you can do about that. The only thing is, stop it in the first place. Don't give him as much time. So I say Hadji, but whoever it should have been, there should be a right midfielder in there who should have dropped in and tried to stop that. But even after that, they still continue to, to batter us. When I say batter, I just mean by in terms of possession. They're just in control of the game. They controlled it, uh, passed it a bit well get in behind us a few times thought they were really good at doing that um, but not too many shots not too many shots um, and it were goal we seemed to be dealing okay with it uh, uh, dealing with their attacks okay and limited them to just very few shots but it was a worrying 30 minutes for me I thought this, this could become quite bad and as I said at the start, I don't put that down to hangovers or lack of preparation at all. It was just how good they were. Um, but yeah, that was my assessment of the first 30 minutes. And it wasn't until after that that we started to come back into the game. Scott, Rangers at their best. And in Europe and domestically, as they very rarely get outfought physically or in terms of a fitness sense, you know, Rangers are the best, it's a high press and they're, they're constant. We spoke about the, you know, uh, we spoke time and time again about the the shape that the front three uh, keep and just a constant off the ball movement. The likes of Ryan Kent, maybe out with Bayer Leverkusen, I don't think I've seen Rangers, this Rangers side come up a, a team who who can match us in that physical aspect where what Graham was saying. I think there has been more technical teams we've played, but that must have been a shock to the system because Rangers, for the most part, will be the fitter team in the pitch. I think it is. I think you're right. Um, the way I describe it is they were like Duracell bunnies, but it was 10 of them just <laughs> going in, pressing us. We, we didn't really know how to control it. And I, I thought it was interesting with Gerard because they were mentioning it in commentary as well that we had a really low sort of press on, so like we weren't right, you know, pressing their defence there. And, um, you know, Gerard sort of said he wanted to get a feel of the fixture. It's obviously 
you know, you can view it as 180 minutes, these knockout games. So, you know, he wants to get a feel of what they're like and things like that. So stick off. Let us see what they're all about. Whether that's the right decision or not, I don't know. Um, but you've seen like, right at the the second half where, you know, they were taking, a, I remember one point they were taking a goal kick and we had three players on their 18-yard line. That shows how, how intense we were and what a difference it made. Um I know we've got an advantage here, we've got an away goal, and we're going to move on to you know the game on Thursday, but I really think we need to style at that and play them at their own game in terms of that. But in terms of, you know, I thought they were a cracking outfit, and, you know, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of players linked with big moves from uh, Slavia Prague, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them. I know that Suchek's at West Ham now. I wouldn't be surprised to see an a few, a few uh, players leave for English Premier League, and Tell you, I wouldn't mind a few of them in the, the Rangers team as well. <laughs> Graham, you mentioned the uh, the first goal, and I think you're right. But sorry, the the Slavia Prague goal. I think you're right. You can't you can't give too much fault with Patterson. He stands up well. He makes he makes sure that the um, the winger doesn't get to the byline, get a a ball, and he has to cut it back, but. I mean, I'm in two minds whether he just insert clips for the previous pause where we speak about European football and losing goals. Fucking shutting them down. Like, how many times have we said we can see goals by no closing players down quick enough? At this point, it was Yanis Hadji. And we've tried all different theories of why this keeps happening. But is it because we don't have the likes of Orion Jack in that right side midfield role? Is that the risk that we run? And we've got to, yeah, we've, we've spoken about that a few times where when Jack's not there, you don't get the coverage. You don't get the cover, the wide coverage anyway. It's just not there. Um, usually you've got Tav bombing forward and leaving gaps, so the midfield know that they need to do that, but I think we're just caught cold. I really do. I just think we were only expecting such a high, a high pace start from them. It was... It was incredible, and it's obviously a, a tactic by them. They must have just went right. Let's get at them right from the start, and and so they did. But there was quite interesting. Um, they had fans as well. I think they had about two hundred fans in, and it made a difference. You could hear the fans, and I thought that was, you know, it was just such a surreal. And it was just it was like polite clapping. It wasn't like mental singing or anything, but um, it, it made for a little bit of an atmosphere, which was quite good. And maybe that just spurred them on, you know, just gave them that wee extra, extra five percent at that start of that game. But yeah, I don't know how we do it. I don't. I, I think Gerard said after the game that he's going to just put his hands up and say it was a great goal. But I think that's immediately after the, after the game. I wonder if he had maybe. Now that he's had time to assess it, would he maybe have a wee look at that in a different way? Because, yeah, for me, it should have been closed down a lot earlier. Aye, the fact the fact that the boy, um, the, the Prague player, has time to almost like reposition himself for his run up to it. He's got so much time before Hadji gets anywhere near him. And that's, uh, I don't want to give too much criticism to Hadji. Hadji is at his best when he's kind of got the, the free role. Almost uh, the number ten and behind the striker. He is a playmaker, but that's uh, something like any. Uh, we we need we need everybody to be a bit sharper and a bit more reactive. Definitely. So Scott, you mentioned there about the thirty minute mark. That's kind of when you see Rangers start to close into the, come into the game, and 
and look a bit more confident. Obviously, we get a goal from um, Big Phil. That's absolutely poacher's instinct here. Um, I thought it was a half-decent ball in for Barisic, but so much credit. I've just had a go to Hadji there. So much credit has to go to Hadji for no giving up. And just, Helander, that's uh, you'd, you'd expect like Chris Boyd to be there. You know what I mean? It's just mm. instinct. Oh, def- no, Hadji, that was the first thing that took me. He was, he was quick to react. Uh, react sorry, he was, he was so intelligent to, to cut it back. And it looks as well, he was going to get a, a clattering off the, the board and like, no fear at all. I know that's maybe something, but like usually maybe, like maybe flare players, they might not want to get dirty, but I think Hadji's got that side to him, a bit of spark, not not scared to get his foot in. So he really, just such intelligence to cut the back there. And um, I mean, I don't know, he, he couldn't have seen Hollander. He just put it in the ball into a, a lovely area. And um, for, for all the, Praise were given Slavia Prague. I think there's. I wouldn't be happy if that was a, you know, a Rangers defence just letting somebody run free in the in the box. I think there was maybe four or five of them just standing there watching Hollander come in there. I think they thought the ball was out, but if it wasn't for Hadji, so yeah, we we really needed that goal. Um, I was I was I was actually I think I was quite happy going into the break at one 0 because I I was a bit like yourself, Graham. You know. You know, like we could take a hide in here if we get one nil, regroup, maybe make a few changes, um, tactically. But that that goal just gave us that bit of confidence, and it was just the this is where like players like Davis and McGregor are just so crucial. Will it just hold out the the one each to the half time get in, we refocus, and then again Gerard mentioned it in his, his post match conference. Um, he sort of went two up top to help that and. Uh, win the ball back a bit quicker and drop somebody into a more central 10 position, um, which really seemed to to help us. And, you know, we move on, obviously we'll move on to the second half. It was spells where we were looking very well. I can remember like, Aribo getting more involved. He had, he had a great game, I thought. And, yeah, um, that, that goal, if we didn't get that goal, um, I think we just needed something like that, you know, just even if it was a deflected goal or something it just gave us that extra confidence and to know that we've got that away goal and yeah uh, thank god it was just before half time yeah it was that kind of five six minute period where we were playing well we were looking a bit more confident and see you see when you have a, a good spell in the game like maybe 10 15 minutes you don't get a goal from it can absolutely ruin your your mentality for the second half so it was a great time to get a goal especially when we were starting to feel away in the game Graham, um, I agree with Scott. I thought for what I seen, the uh, Rangers, you know, probably arguments that both teams uh, could have took to the game in the second half, but Rangers certainly had their chances, didn't they? Yeah, good chances for Aribo. <clears throat> Ken and Goldson. Goldson's probably the one I was most frustrated with. I don't know if he's ducked out the way of it or he's seen it late, but he really should have been attack, attacking that. I can only put it down. He's seen it late because he's not. He's no doctor. He's no doctor. He done his life, so that's the only thing I can put that down to. But um, that one to me was that's when I had me up put my seat, thinking, right, we've done this sort of thing. But um, Aribo was the, the catalyst. I think he was getting the or applauds in the commentary, but he rightly so as well. He was the one that was picking the ball up, finding the space, and. Uh, and bringing us up the pitch because we had been sort of camped in a wee bit in the first half 
So he was getting his push that wee bit further up the pitch, which was good. Uh, Morelos was doing a lot of running. I thought Morelos played really well, actually. He was doing a lot of running for us, um, holding it up and creating that space for Aribo. He was the one. He had to drop back a few times. So he was having to pull into the midfield to actually um, pick up the ball for the defence. But uh, that was the that was the thing that started to create space. Uh, Aribo's shot as well. I'm, I'm trying to think back to it. it was, he could have done a wee bit better with that as well. It's just something he needs to needs to improve on. I don't know how he does it, but he just always seems to stick out a big lanky leg and doesn't really seem to put his body in front of it. You know, he's he's all skill, he's all flair, and he's all all um, all dribble. Just needs a wee bit of a wee bit of drive or something, just a wee bit more solidity. I think probably just to have a have a the confidence to go and have a shot. Because we've seen in the past, even in Europe, that he is capable of it. I thought the Kent chance, um, that was the one that had me up in my seat. Uh, it was a weird one, wasn't it? He kind of mishits it almost, but I thought that was a terrific save for the keeper. Yeah, ball went into the day. I think he's meant it. I don't know if it's a mishit, um, but I know what you mean. It's no, it wasn't a clean strike, but I think he's done the right thing by putting it into the, day, uh, into the ground first to allow it to bounce. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a close one. And the other end, Scott, um, as I mentioned, Slavia Prague had their chances as well. Um, I just want to talk about Alan McGregor. I mean, <laughs> what, what can you say? Um, is he actually had a really good save in the first half from the um, from a free kick? It was, it was an excellent save, but we've not really spoken about that because the save right towards the end where. I mean, all the years he's um, his antics obviously have gave him very strong fingers. Um, saving away a pinky from behind, that's unreal, isn't it? He was just world, man of the match. World class, apps, world class. And I mean, uh, saying this, it obviously sounds biased, but any, I think he's one of the, the best goalkeeper, the British goalkeeper um, out there. I, I can't think of anybody who's been so consistent um, pulls off the type of saves, you know, almost every week in, you know, Europe especially. He's, he, it was an unbelievable save. I couldn't believe it. I, I honestly, I thought I, I thought the ball burst or something or the person had missed the header because like, just like, the way the ca- camera angle went in the first, it was like, obviously trapped under his body. I was like, well, where does the ball win? Um, just, oh, I've, I've honest, I've watched that save about a hundred times, and it's, it's just been oh, fantastic. I, I mean, people are obviously going to compare it to the Weather Bremen save. I, I think the Weather Bremen save is instinctive. You know, that's brilliant. Um, he's just like, it's not guess where it's going, but it's very much a off chance to, to save it. But that one is just. Quick, quick feet movement. The fact that he's just, you know, he knows that he just needs a wee touch to bring it close to him as well. Just that unbelievable save from an unbelievable keeper. I actually, I don't know if you've seen what Barry Ferguson said as well. He said he's because Gerard obviously hinted that maybe the contracts on the table there for him, and he said he should handcuff McGregor to the Rangers training centre <laughs> changing rooms and make him sign that contract because there's no way he can leave. So that was some some great praise from. I know what you mean about the. It is different for the Bremen save. 
with this one, he is outstretched and he has to have such strength in his arm as well, even being like fully stretched and getting to the deck so quickly. It was a wonderful save. Um, and I think, I don't think anybody would have expected McGregor to. Um, I mean, you never really see you never really see aging players. Um, you know, every every player will kind of know they'll start to reduce their impact towards the end of their, their career. But you don't tend to see them have a setting spike. If you get me, yeah. McGregor's had that. I mean, he was brilliant last year, but he probably wasn't at the the heights he was his first time around. But this season, he's maybe better. Uh, <laughs> maybe even better. Um, Graham, I think. John McGraw, the signing of John McLaughlin, to kind of go off tangent here, the signing of John McLaughlin has so much uh, to do with this. I think when John McLaughlin came in, all of us said that this would be a good signing if, at bare minimum, he he makes McGregor even half a percent better. He's done more than that. Half. Do you th- am I looking too much into that? Is this a... No, not at all. I was... Um... On this pod, I was saying... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. At the beginning of this season, is it McGregor? Is it um, McLaughlin's jersey now? I mean, I was, I, was, I was actually saying, you know, maybe it's time McGregor took a wee back step here and he just maybe drifts away and that was when he was you know he did have an injury at the start of the season and he was recovering from injury which is why McLaughlin got some game time but um, I don't think McGregor would have needed a kick up the arse but if he needed one that was it there's a, a willing and ready goalkeeper ready to take your place here um, so yeah I'll easily put my hands up to that one I was thinking that McGregor might certainly been his last season and could probably just maybe be phased out, but he's proved me wrong the full season. You know, the amount of clean sheets he's had is incredible. Um, Scott's right, there's no a better British goalkeeper just now. When you think about, like, who's the England goalkeeper? Pickford, who challenges him? And Pickford is absolutely hopeless as a goalkeeper when, in comparison. When you look at him compared to Alan McGregor, it's, it's night and day, so... I don't think it's a, an understatement to say that McGregor is world class. He's he is right up there. He could easily be playing top of the Premier League in England. Amount of clean sheets has obviously been a huge, huge thing for us this season. That's what we've built it on, and a lot of that goes to the defence. You know, we don't allow many shots, but so much of that's down to McGregor as well. He's not allowed many thing, many things past him at all this season. So, absolutely phenomenal season he's had. 
really is, and it's uh, uh, between the defence and McGregor, it's, it's no wonder uh, all the chat about who's potentially a player of the year, Golson, Tavernier and McGregor in every conversation. Um, we'll all have uh, different opinions on who will edge it, but I think that's a conversation for later in the season because it is still March as, as much as the, the title's done and dusted. Um, there's still quite a bit of football to play, but no, uh, absolutely terrific performance with McGregor and not just that night, but all season. So, Graham, I'll stick with you. Scott mentioned that he'd want, he'd want Rangers to have a bit more of a, an aggressive press for the outgoal on Thursday night for the home leg at Ibrox. How do you see this playing out and are you confident? Yeah, I think first five minutes will be important for us. I think we'll need to show them that we will operate at a high pace. Don't let them get any confidence because if they do start the way they started against us last week, they'll take confidence from that. If they can even get a shot on target and at first... 10 minutes or you know, start to push us back, they'll take confidence from that, so we definitely need to be out the traps early, then I think we can maybe settle down you know, maybe first 5-10 minutes go at pace at them, make sure, let them know that they're, they're going to make challenges but then we can start to play our game and, and get control of the ball and pass it about and, and hopefully retain possession a lot better if we retain possession I think that will eat up time and just frustrate them a little bit. The longer we can hold off, the longer they'll need to, or the quicker they'll need to come out. And when they come out, that's when we'll start to pick holes, I, I imagine. Um, I'm hoping Jack's back. I'd like to see him back in. I don't know how his injury's coming. I've not really seen anything in the last few days, but I really hope he's coming back um, into contention. Um, but no, after watching that, I am confident I'm confident that we can go through. I'm confident we can keep a clean sheet. If we do that, we're through. So as long as we do that, we're, we're through. And um, I can certainly see you scoring. There was enough opportunities in that game to see that we will create something. Um, crosses into the box, even if it's a Barisic free kick, just anything into the box will cause them trouble. So um, I expect a, a goal from a corner, or a free kick or a cross, something like that will... Will grant us some. Uh, will grant us a an opportunity that I'm sure we'll take. Scott, that's a way goal. It's going to be massive, um, and it is such a weird mentality in Europe where even a one each draw is almost like a win if it's away. Uh, Taking it into the second leg, but I, I agree with Graham. I think I think this season Rangers have shown that they can manage games. They can manage situations. I think with the scoreline being as it is. Prague, as, as much as they were aggressive and on the front foot, they're going to have to leave themselves a bit more exposed to ever go it is. And I, I think if Rangers are their best, they know how to manage that situation. Aye, aye. I think um, we, we praise all the time. A, a European approach has is, is, is been second to none. It's, it's maybe even what's kept Gerard. I know, obviously, you know, we're looking in Gerard's the hero just now, but, you know, he was under a lot of pressure. You know, last season, uh, you know, letting that league, uh, the, the the lead slip at the top and things like that. So, I think um, the the European performances in his first two seasons has gave him that in the in the bank. So, everything we do has been been set up for European football. And yeah, I, I completely agree. They they need to they need to get a goal. It's them that's doing the 
it's them that need to you know up the performance and everything so to, to to qualify they obviously need to get a goal so my only my only concern and for as I mentioned there we need to be in the front foot I think if we sit back and let them let them play we're going to be in for a, a long night and that could be could be trouble so we need to as I say start quick press them press them high and hard and um, I would actually be looking for I know you said Jack there I actually like Arfield in these situations as well I think he's really good at giving us that energy in, in midfield and drives the team on whether he starts or not it's a different question but I would maybe like to see him um, certainly get at least 30 minutes because that's where I think he excels in you know really putting the press on So who would your midfield three be that you're starting? Oh, I don't know no idea David um, Probably Davis, Kamara, and Arfield. I would go for. And who? So would that be a Rebo pushing up? Uh, yeah, I'd push uh, a Rebo up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know, Graham. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Kamara, Jack Davis, and big European games. But I'm just a creature of habit. What do you think? Yeah, I'd be going with that. I'd be going Kamara, Davis, and Jack too. Had you dropped out? Aribo Kent and Morelos. That would be my my midfield. Back four picks itself because I think Tav probably still be out. Um or does it pick itself? Would you play Hollander still? I think maybe yeah. he was getting caught at um I think he got caught once with pace with that boy. I don't know. And you get in behind him. Um so maybe Balligan comes in there, I'm not sure. I actually noticed a wee bit in the first half. I don't know if anybody, well, obviously your dodgy link calling, but I felt as though they were leaving Hollander on it sometimes and letting him try and play it with it a bit more. And they, you know, they were pressing high, but it was almost as if they were leaving Hollander on, as if they thought that he's not going to do much with the ball. And he was playing a few passes. This was his in the first half, especially, and he was just playing balls over the top where the game was very frantic at that time. So I don't know if they've seen that as. Maybe like, oh, he can't do anything in the ball. I thought he had a good game, Hollander. I'm not saying he didn't. I thought he defended really well and obviously got the goal. But I, I, I thought it was quite interesting the way that they were. They almost like just wanted them to come forward with it to leave a gap in behind. So Balogun might be a good shout actually to do that. But I, I know he's he's, he's obviously, obviously everybody's had the week break. I think he got about a few minutes at St Mirren. You want to throw him into a big knockout tile like that? It might be. Maybe a bit harsh on Hollander, but I can certainly see your reasons for maybe looking at Balogun, bringing Balogun back in. Uh, it's, I don't know if teams are maybe looking at how effective Conor Golson's been with the ball this season and just assume that another centre-half must be terrible with him. Because that's the kind of... That's the, the historic makeup of a centre-back partnership. One can play with the ball, the other one's just a big bruiser who will weather anybody that comes anywhere near them. But... Um, Me and Craig McAdam, that was the one that could play from the back. Uh, well, at least said the better. <laughs> but no, I, I'd, I'd be sticking with Hillander and I, I just think he, his, his positional sense and how he complements Goldson and, and Barisic as well, to be fair, I think. I, for, for Europe, I'd be keeping him in for now. So, one Swiss card. Prague 4-0 at Ibrox. We've got the small matter of 
um, an old fun game or Wazzle Derby if you're um, <laughs> if you're a stupid Celtic um, employee who is more than happy to pay for the rights of the term but never use it that's a bit fucking stupid isn't it it's like these guys who collect trainers that's what I see that being like you know why like buy trainers just to never really wear them why would Celtic pay for the old fun term if you're never going to use it fucking madness <laughs> but um, oh it's like, let, let's not let's not be about the bush. It's, this is never a nothing game. This is the the first game as as champions. It's the third old fun game of the season. There's uh, there's never a nothing game for an old fun for me. But I I think especially now that we are champions, I I, I see this as such a huge occasion because I want to go and just rub their face in it and wipe the floor with them and. And be bad winners. Aye, fucking if that's if that's what it's called, be bad winners and choose absolute fun that we are the dominant team. Obviously, a lot depends on how Thursday goes. But Graham, would you would you be looking for certain players to get more game time in Thursday or set up a certain way? Like for example, if Arfield Disney start, would you bring him for bring him in or vice versa with Jack? Uh, maybe Roof, I think. If Roof continues to come back, I'd maybe fancy him in the old firm game. A bit more physicality up front. <clears throat> um, I'd quite fancy him to do a bit of damage, actually. So um, I'd be quite happy to see him in. Midfield. Well, we're so blessed, aren't we? We are so blessed with all these different combinations. It's like, would he, It's really the manager's choice now. Would he, how do you want to play it? Because he can, can bring anybody in. And then you know you're going to get a great job and get a great a great performance so it's hard to be asked this question you know what team would you start with because it's it's really you're comfortable with anybody that takes to the field just now within that squad of 18 20 whatever the whatever that number is you know it's um but yeah maybe that's only one addition to have is maybe roof coming in just to throw a bit of physicality at it so certainly no one irrelevance this game so certainly um I'm now looking at undefeated throughout the season. I'd like to see that. Um, but they are now, Celtic are now just also runs. They are just as much as an irrelevance as Hibs and Aberdeen are there is now. They should be, they've been put in their box and that's where we should be keeping them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I, the only pity is that James like, I don't think James Tavnier will be back but I would have loved him back for this game both from a footballing and like a personal point of view is nobody in that squad of players deserves fucking this title more than him as far as I'm concerned yeah he's been right through he's been through a lot of bad beats after him as well over the years so he does deserve to be on the pitch when when we are champions throwing on with that champions Mentality, you know, we're walking into that part, or the Celtic part as champions. So you're right. It's really a shame that he might not make it. Um, I'm not sure how his recovery's coming, but even give him a wee minute or two at the end would just be nice for him to be on the park just to just to see it out. Scott, obviously, as fans, we are allowed to be arrogant when our team wins. It's part and parcel of following football. But I don't. And this is probably a bit a, a nothing question, but. I'm, I'm assuming that I, I can't see the the Rangers 
players having the same arguments or that same mentality. I do see them, what Graham said there, that there is still something to achieve in the league and I do still see them being very focused. I'd be very surprised if they turned up for a party on Sunday. Oh, for, yeah. I'm, absolutely. You know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a huge game. Like, it's, it's not getting away from that. So, if, I don't. I, I, I just. I, I don't think that Stephen Gerrard and Gary Mack would allow it. I simply don't. If some, if they think one player's not trying a hundred percent and wanting, unless we're falling a lap or something like that, then they've got no right to do that. You know, there's still a lot to achieve. We want to be on. We want to be unbeaten uh, throughout the full season. Still get Europe, hopefully for this game as well. So, you know, there'll, there'll be that. What to keep people will be pushing for a. a a place in the, the quarterfinals it'll be like the quarterfinal teams if we get through so still a huge amount to play for and um, you know you look at the people like personally I think Patterson's done enough of his performances like to be maybe forgiven for, for what he's done but like if you're looking at players like Bassey like they need to do a you know if they come into the team for example I'm not saying for Sunday but the you know they, they need to get play out their skin basically to get back in the um Manager's good books and what Zungu if he comes in for maybe a game or two like you may put in a Maradona s performance to try and get a contract so there's 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 a huge amount of it to be playing for at the moment so yeah I, um I, as I said I, I really don't think that anybody would allow people to be not playing at hundred percent. Rangers issued a, a statement on Sunday and well. The, uh, it was from James Tavenier and Steam Jr. There was two separate ones. Uh, choose urging fans to support the team from home on Sunday after the scenes in Josh uh, and Ibrox last week. Graham, I'll be honest. I think um, I think my parents must have wished Steam Gerrard was around uh, twenty years ago. I've never been so inspired after being grounded, basically. Steve Gerrard, he's, he's like told me to stay in and I've nearly started crying. That was such a good statement, wasn't it? Yeah, to the point. Absolutely. It's the right thing as well. I don't think it was required, so I'll say that. I don't think it was required at all. I don't think anybody was going to Celtic Park. There's no, there's no fans were planning to go. It's been a political stunt for me. SNP have been absolutely hopeless the last two weeks and they're just trying to get themselves out the headlines, deflections all over the place. We've got an election in two months, is it? About seven weeks or so until the election. They are just deflecting. It was a political stunt for me. I really don't... I don't imagine anybody was going to go to the stadium. Nobody went to the stadium at the last Old Firm game. So I don't see why we would be... Why would we be going? What what would the what would the reasoning be to rub people's faces in it? But there's there's been empty there. I just it doesn't make sense. I don't imagine anybody was going to go, and I don't think they're going to. If anybody's going to go now, it's going to be because there's been such a a sort of stramash about it, or there's been such a, a you know a, there's been a thing made out of it. So that's why people might be defiant and say, well. I'm not letting them tell me what today I'm going to go, but if they hadn't said a word, nobody would have went. It's a nonsense. Ah, yes. The the scenes that George Square and I built, like last week I said I wasn't going to condemn them, they went, and well, that makes me right wrong and different, so be it. But 
That was a one-off. This hasn't been a regular thing that's happened every second week uh, where people have been turned up. That was a one-off because of an occasion. And whether you, you agree with it or not, you need to point out, if you're being fair, that was a one-off thing because Rangers won 55. The, I agree with you, the idea that we are now going to start going to every ground for every game. You know, what in two weeks' time or three, four weeks' time, are we going to make a trip up to fucking Pedodri to stand outside the gates and then get back down for uh, Gerald's post-match? I had, but it was a very good statement, nonetheless. Aye, absolutely. I think it was probably an action that came out of the meeting. So there was a, I think it was a Friday, they had the meeting with the government, the police and the two clubs had a, probably SPFL were there as well. Fine, have the meeting, but I guess that's just something that came out the back of it was, you know, can we get a message from the club to reiterate that everybody should stay at home? Fine. What I think Stephen Gerrard's done is delivered that message, but delivered it in such a way which was, to the point, recognising the fans, acknowledging the fact that we would all like to be there, but a strong message that I hope everybody adheres to, which is just stay at home and watch again. As I said earlier, Steam Gerrard has spoken and I will be watching from the comfort of my couch. Now, rounding off the episode... Twitter part of the week. I want to. I'm going to be a bit cheeky and have two here. Um, I, I should have mentioned this on Wednesday, Graham, when we were talking about what was the most heartwarming photos and stuff that you've seen. How how could I forgot to mention Calvin Bassey and his fucking bucket hat? I loved it so much. I went and actually bought the bucket hat, uh, the fifty five <laughs> bucket hat. And um, don't worry, I'm wearing it for this pod, listeners. Um, but I will, I'll post a photo so you can see how ridiculous I look in this bucket. It's too big for me. Um, but I uh, just wanted to get that in there. Ah, you look so fucking cool. I, I forgive him already, just because of that photo. But uh, my Twitter partner of the week came after the um, the, <laughs> the celebrations last week. I, I think this was posted on Sunday morning um, after after all the fans had seen the Rangers players and staff celebrate. So it reads, all the players coming in with Bentley's... Po- <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm giggling reading it. All the players coming in with Bentley's Porsches, BMW, Range Rovers, and then the bulging Andy Fuff screeches around the corner in a 13-point focus, grinning like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and... I, I've said this before, Andy Fuff is my fucking spirit animal. <laughs> I don't know if it's because uh, my, my football career uh, mirrored his where I was just there for the part. I kind of turned up, didn't play much football. But he's just so happy all the time, man. Um, I fucking love Andy Fuff. <laughs> Hall of Fame contender. Scott, what have you got for us? Uh, I'm going to be a bit cheeky too. I've got a couple there. So um, the... First one, which kind of get off repeat, is the the video of Happy Days, and it's Scott McGregor's uh, post match interview against uh, <laughs> against uh, Slavia Prague um, in it. So it's just um, obviously it was uh, quite a <laughs> you know what he's like in interviews doesn't display much emotions, and after like us talking about the world class save and everything, he was just all uh, stuck my hand out in Happy Days, but somebody's put the theme tune of. Happy days into it there with just absolutely tremendous. Couldn't stop laughing at it. And then uh, my other one is is there was um, I was a Rangers fan like quote tweeted something. It was like five hundred one 
Montpellier supporters give their players a huge send-off ahead of today's derby. And then somebody says, absolute joke, no see my gran about five years and this happens. <laughs> 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 no context, Rangers retweeted it. So. <laughs> Graham, what have you got for this? Uh, short and sweet centuries are taking up all the time in this feature. Um, maybe it's just a wee thing i seen on the follow follow the day and it was just a one liner that m- m- tickled me Scotland the only place on earth that could be, that could call off a behind closed door game due to crowd trouble <laughs> <laughs> kind of sums it up but it was just a wee one liner I thought it was quite funny <laughs> tremendous well all that's left to do is thank my two guests first of all Graham Curry thanks Colin thanks Scott and Scott Hodge cheers lads And thank you to everyone for listening. Hope you're taking care and staying safe and (laughs) enjoying being champions. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.